So week two on relationships. We made some jokes last week at the beginning about some commercials that we see sometimes on TV. Have you ever seen those commercials where they go on a date? You remember that? I think it's a credit card commercial, all right? I saw it this week. They go on a date, and the date's over, and, and they, be, they are being brutally honest with each other. Brutally honest, where it's like, basically, this was the worst date I've ever been on in my life. You are a terrible person, and I never want to date you again. Have a good life. Now, don't you wish, though, I made that joke and that observation because literally, society is the opposite of that, right? We're talking about relationships here. We're talking about relationships by getting real with them, and that sometimes you'll go to a certain place, and you'll talk to somebody, and you'll just, you'll go through the motions, and you're never real with it. And as a church, as believers, guys, it is our job to be real about the God we serve and love, okay? The Jesus that came and died on the cross for our sins and the Holy Spirit that lives in us. It is our job to be real about those relationships so that all the other relationships in our lives will profit from it. But we have to be real. You know me by now. If you don't, I'm pretty real on stuff. I try, I try to keep it as clear and transparent as possible. Statistically speaking, millennials, you guys, you can spot a fraud faster than anybody. Most of you are leaving the church nonstop or don't even go back to church after you go to, to college. You guys are on point. But the reason being is because the church lacks transparency. It lacks being real. You feel like you can't connect or communicate with leadership because leadership is in such a lofty position. You can't even have a, a, a real relationship with them. You have to go through so many stages and phases to get close to people to do real life with them. Our goal is to create a culture as a church that is real, that is real and we're relevant in real ways. Not necessarily coming up with the latest fads. You can tell this, this hairstyle right here, I don't even know if it exists. I don't even know if it's a hairstyle. I don't even know what it is. It's like, it's like a fro tamed or tame fro. That's what we'll call it now. Jordan, you can help me, can you help me with that? Thank you. A frame. I framed a new thing here. I'm telling you, it is, we don't care about that. We care about loving God and loving people and creating community and getting real along the way. So important. So we talked last week about God and us. Beautiful picture from the creation story and understanding that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, created in his image, right? I love that to do amazing things. And what we also like to be fruitful and multiply. You know, we were created in his image to reflect him for life. But let's be real. We don't always do that well. And we, we learned a lot last week. Make sure you check out the podcast. It was the start of the world. It was the beginning. And again, we don't know when the date even was, but we see Adam and Eve come on the scene and we are just, in, we are just all up in this relationship, enthralled by it. I wanna know everything about it possible right? We read it with fresh eyes, not our yearly annual Bible reading that we stop after Genesis anyways, okay? We're reading it and we're, we're absorbing it in a new way. So today we're going to chapter two. I talked to you guys a little bit about last week, slight preview about Adam and Eve and the continuance of the story there, alluded to it a little bit, and we're talking about marriage. How many of you guys are married? I'm already there. Okay, almost. How many of you have been affected positively or negatively by marriage? Everybody raise your hands. Everybody has something to do with marriage. Everybody, you're like, we tell me, that's a general statement. Yeah, it is. But let's get a little specific. Some of you are married. 
Some of you have been married. Some of you on your second marriage, okay, which is no, 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 no shame, no anything like that. Hey, grace abounds. I get life. I understand. Literally, we're with you, okay? No judgment there. Some of you have parents who are still married, who are uh, in separation, who have separated before, who have had a rocky relationship, or are divorced, okay? Marriage, the institution of marriage, has and will affect us all. Some of you are single. Some of you are engaged. Some of you are married, will be married, whatever. Marriage is an amazing thing. Amazing thing, because you know why? It was God's idea. God's idea. Marriage was his idea. Why was marriage his idea? Because God wanted us to know him in such an intimate way. And when we know others in this intimate way, we know him more. It was his idea. And from the very beginning, this institution of marriage has been under attack by the enemy. Okay, we'll get to that more in just a moment. But I want you to open yourself up and be real. Okay, you come into this service and now knowing what we're talking about today, all of these emotions and feelings just like bubbled up within you, didn't they? Be real. Scars from the past, brokenness. Look, guys, my family situation was not easy either. Some of you guys is much worse. But I remember 14 years old, mom and dad splitting up, finally, splitting up. And mom and I were heading out to, to the, the northern part of our county, and dad was staying in the family house that we grew up in. And I remember the pain that I felt in that moment. I still have a literal scar to prove it. As I plugged in the, 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 the um, stove in this basement rental apartment that we had to move to. Literal scar on the side of my arm here, because when I plugged it in, I pulled my arm out, sliced it open on the tray that the, the little drawer went on. And I remember 14 years old then getting up the next day, wrapping my arm in Band-Aids and stuff because I was going to work at 14 to go work for a, way, a scale company, basically. And what they would do is they'd go to the truck stops and all these places that had scales, and we'd make sure they were calibrated properly. And I remember waking up 14 years old, going to work, covering my arm, jumping up in the top of a cement hopper with 50-pound weights and my arm, you know, all this kind of stuff coming open because I was getting school clothes for the coming year. Okay? Do you think those are fond memories? No. But memories like that and my experience with marriage has made me who I am today. Okay? Good, bad, and different. And what we have to do with ourselves is get real about our view on marriage and what we've been through. Okay? Because I can tell you the future's great if God's in it and he wants to be in it. All right? Are you with me? You're like, wow, we just got deep quick. It's going to be good, though, all right? Very important. Let's start. Genesis 2, 15 through 25. We see Adam and Eve um, just after, you know, the formation of these folks, but then we see a deeper dialogue about it as they're in the garden, okay? Then, excuse me, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You're like, blah, 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 blah. Listen, it's going to be good, okay? I know you've heard this a million times before, but really listen into it, okay? But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Well, that's exciting, okay? The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And the men say, Hallelujah. That was not good enough. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Okay. This is where it gets good. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. That's really cool, isn't it? God's like, Adam slash zoologist, let's have some fun. Here's some wildlife, give them names, okay? Wouldn't that be fun? You're like, no, I don't read the Bible that way. Learn, it's so much more fun to read it that way, okay? And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all of the wild animals. Listen to this. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. No suitable helper was found in all of that marvelous creation. Remember, imagine yourself in a zoo. You've been there before, right? You're like, yes, that was my home growing up. Okay, I know you're still thinking about the marriage stuff, all right? But let's go to a literal zoo, okay? You look inside of the place and it's like, oh, the wild animal kingdom of the world just all around you, right? I normally like to stay out of the reptile place. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm out of that joint, okay? Um, But you, you see just how majestic and how amazing, yet none of them were good enough for God's ultimate creation, mankind. No suitable helper was found. I think it's cool that God uses the word helper too. I think that's important for us to think about when it comes to marriage, okay? We'll get into that more in just a moment. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. I'm thinking it was probably about 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh, that's me. Okay, you come home and you're so whooped, you just fall out on the couch. It's like the best sleep ever. It was deeper than that kind of sleep, okay? It was like the best night's sleep you can ever imagine. And here's why it was like a surgical sleep, if you will, okay? And while he was sleeping... He took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Can you imagine that? Like, for real, like, literally think about that. God's like, oh, a rib. Whoa, whoa, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you you imagine what that was like? Nobody? The 11 a.m. ones, they are so imaginative, okay? I'm kidding. You guys are on it. You're on it. You're on it. Then the man said, this is beautiful. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She, sh- she shall be called, whoa, man, for she was taken out of man. You'll see why he said that. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. Whoa, man. So there are some things in here that I want to share with you guys that I think are extremely important to help really mold our our understanding of marriage. Statistically speaking, yes, like 50% chance. It's really like 45 to 50% chance for divorce, which means 55% on the other side for success, right? When you look at it that way. When you think about all of the problems that marital couples go into, whether it be finances, whether it be fidelity, whether it be all kinds of stuff. We know there is a list of reasons why marriages don't work, okay? One of the top reasons that a marriage can work, though, is having like faith. I don't know if you realize that. And having an understanding, having communication, and really gleaning things from Scripture that can really, truly help us to have successful marriage moving forward. Again, didn't come from the best situation, but I'm making the best out of it for the next generation. The number one thing is this, okay, that love is a choice. 
You're like, what? Hold on. Listen to me. Genesis 2, 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You're like, how in the world? What are you talking about? We serve a God that's not a dictator. Do you realize that? God was setting up love here. Are you listening to me? He was setting up love here that embodied a choice. He wasn't going to say, look, you love me this way or you're gone forever. You're done. He said, look, there's all of this. Look at this beautiful landscape, this garden that I've created for you. All right. And if you look out in the world, there's plenty of fish. Okay. There's plenty of people. Look at all this. An understanding that I've got someone for you. I've got some, I've got everything for you in this way, but just don't, just don't eat of that one tree. Do you remember that? Don't eat of that one tree. And you're like, well, why is that significant about love? God was helping us understand from the very beginning that he wants you to love him out of choice, to choose him over other things because he chose you over everything. Right? Choose him over other things because he chose you over everything. He made everything in the world and then was you. Think about that. You. Because he loves you so much and you are his workmanship. You are his handiwork. You are his craftsmanship. You are the most valuable, worthy thing to him that's able to give praise back. But it's all a choice, isn't it? Let's get real. Everyone get real? Do bodies age in marriage or do they just stay the same from the date they got married? You are sorely mistaken, my good man. (laughs) We have a thing called gravity. You know about this well. Things change. Things change. Our bodies definitely change. Ladies, I feel so bad for you that you have to look at a man's body, period. Like, period. Like, straight up. That is just, I don't know what God was thinking. It's wrong. Word. Because he improved for sure. Good point. He improved. We'll use that for second service. He improved for sure because you got this is oh, and with time, there are so many choices in this world, and there will always be something quote unquote better. There will be always something that looks like gravity was defied in the situation, but it's not the one you're supposed to be with. It's not the one you're in covenant with. It's not the one that God created for you. You understand where I'm coming from? God has the best thing in the world for you. Now you're like, but my, I've, I've failed in marriage once before. Or this, that, okay, that, that's, that's the past. It's a thing called grace that says move on from here, okay? And God sees you for who you're going to be, not for who you were, okay? But you see this understanding that love is a choice. So what does that mean? Every single day I look at Kara and I say, I'm going to love you today. I'm going to love you today. And I'm going to love you better than I did yesterday. And I'm going to love and cherish you today. I'm going to make a choice because you know what? There's always more people in this world, but there's never my Kara and me. Do you see what I'm saying here? And when you have this thing, when you have a thing called marriage, guys, or for the second time for some or whatever, okay, I'm telling you, it's, it's slates clean. When you have that, you have an opportunity to choose love, okay? Are you with me? Does that make sense? Because you've seen on the other side of it when parents didn't choose it. You've seen friends and family. You've seen this stuff growing up. And you're like, why even get married? I'll just stay single forever. I'll do what I want. That's not the answer, okay? Love's a choice in this way. Second thing is this. 
And understanding that choices have consequences. Choices have consequences. And this isn't the end all on marriage. Guys, we could probably spend weeks on this stuff. I'm telling you, weeks. But our choices have consequences. What do you mean by that? Genesis 2, 17. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you must certainly die. Man wasn't meant to die in this moment, but just to have worship with God. But then sin came into the world in that very moment because they were tempted and they felt a temptation and they ate. I said they. I didn't say she. I didn't say he because you know how the story goes. She grabbed it first and said, hey, Adam, it's yummy, you know, kind of thing. It was them. And it's always them and it's always us because marriage takes two, all right? Are you with me? And when you have more than two in it, we'll get to that later. You're going to have some problems. You're going to have problems. But the thing is this, choices have consequences. And the sad thing is, and this is what frustrates me to death, is that you are living in the consequences of marriage gone wrong before you. Or you are living in the consequences of marriage done right before you. You see what I'm saying here? At any point in time, you can change marriage in your life. Are you with me? I didn't grow up in the best, but I'm making what I have the best. And you know what my kids are going to know? What a loving, loving, just sweet couple look like. So then they can do the same thing. Because healthy marriage, right, begets healthy marriage. I know there's always exceptions to the rule, but what I'm saying is this consequences go both ways. And I'm believing that you'll choose the right thing so that the consequences can be better for you and the next generation as well. Temptation. That's the key, that's the key though, is overcoming temptation. All right? We see Genesis 3, 6 through 7. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, remember? It's both of them here. And pleasing to the eye. Man, that looks tasty, okay? Um, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. All of these things are very tempting, like when I walk by the counter, I'm like, oh, those are like little Hershey. Oh, no, what are they? Reese Hearts, white chocolate. Mm. Peanut butter inside. I want to pop them all in. That's me. I, I, I got to stop. Quench the hunger. Drink water. <laughs> but temptation will always be around you because the enemy says, well, did he really say, remember? Just a little bit of doubt, just enough for you to be tempted to jump over the fence and find green pastures elsewhere. It will never be worth it. Listen to me. Trust me. From what I felt as a kid, it will never be worth it. Dudes, are you hearing me? You, are you with me? Guys, never worth it. Never worth it. Because on the other side of that choice, there's a consequence, and I lived in it. Guys, for being amazing fathers, and then your kids becoming great fathers, it's worth it. It's always worth it. Are you with me? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? It's worth it. Ladies, it goes both ways. You know that. In the world that we live in today, make the right choices, because choices always have consequences. Let's keep rolling. Third is this, godly marriage is selfless. Godly marriage is selfless. Genesis 2, 20, the second part of that through 23. But for Adam, remember, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep while he was sleeping, removes the red, the red rib, replaces it with flesh, okay? And then out of that, right, 
came woman, came relationship, came marriage, if you will. Because out of him, he a selfless act. You're like, well, he was put under. He didn't feel a thing. Listen, he lost something there. A rib. All right, it's kind of a big deal. I don't know about you guys. If you, you reach down and you feel, I, okay, never mind. I don't feel my ribs. But if those who can feel your ribs, I'll just keep moving on. God was literally making woman from man. There was a sacrificial, selfish act that God was showing man that he would have so that this woman could be created out of him. Okay? It's a visual. Literally, Adam gave up himself in this moment, a visual sacrifice. Okay? Marriage starts and remains healthy when you have two people that are selfless, not selfish. Are you hearing me? Marriage starts and remains healthy when you have two people that are selfless, not selfish. Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. Paul speaking here to the church of Ephesus. Why? To really drive home what submission looks like in a relationship. Now, a lot of times you see the starting verse here. Verse 21, right? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. A lot of times people start with verse what? 22. And then there's a big old argument that ensues. Well, you want me to submit to him? Do you know who he is? I'll punch him in the face. I don't submit to him. You know, you never know where it could go. But Paul is encouraging people. A lot of times they think Paul, people think that Paul didn't like marriage just because he wasn't in for marriage, okay? But he says, this is a beautiful thing. This is how it's supposed to operate. It starts submitting one to another, and then we read on, and I'll make clear of this in just a moment. Wives, submit to your husbands. Excuse me. Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Look at the words around words. Don't just look at the words that we typically capitalize on like submit, okay? This is all of us. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body. Ladies, do you want a man that's a man? Sometimes. Gosh. You're not helping. No, it's true, though. You, you want someone that's, that's going to lead you in the right way, all right? You don't, you don't want someone that's like, I don't care whatever you want to do. Like, what do you want to eat tonight? I don't care whatever you want. Where do you want to go on vacation, honey? Whatever you want. Punch him <laughs> right in the throat. Punch it. Whop. They're like, what do, you, what do you want? I don't know what I want. He starts crying. It's like, you want, you want to, don't you want a man that has a backbone? Right? Not that you want a man that will fight with you. Like, come on, let's do it. Let's get into this. Let's roll, you know? You don't want that. But what I'm saying is you want a strong man. You don't want weak sauce. You don't want to have to call all the creditors or call whatever and handle everything. You want somebody that's going to be a man. Right? Am I in the right church? Am I in the right society? Okay. We'll get with it. Husbands. Look, there's more time spent on you, dudes. I'm telling you in this scripture, more spent on us because God knows us. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And listen to me. And gave himself up for her. But I just can't get past the mission. Put this in context. Husbands, die for your wives. Lay down your life. Be willing to give everything. No, I don't know. I just don't know. Shut up. That's weak sauce. Be willing to lay down your life for this girl. Fight for this girl. Right? 
Go down with black guys if you go out and, and someone's like, oh, she's really hot and they try to take her. It's time to roll. <laughs> I don't care if you're bigger than me. It's going down for real because that's my girl. Nobody messes with Kara. <sighs> Passionate. Oh, she's not in here, is she? I'll do it second service. We make a joke. We make a joke all the time, and there's nothing against this, but there's a website that talks about fierce love, and I always make a joke of these little things that come out, these little memes like love being fierce. I'm like, baby, my love for you is fierce. I love you, girl. I'll punch somebody in the karate artery for you because I love you so much. But for real, you want that fierce love, okay? To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Guys, lead them in the word and present her to, her, to himself as, as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. It is our job, men. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. We love our bodies, especially at a buffet. We buffet our bodies, okay? He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for the body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body, or the foundry, your partners, of his body, right? For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Does that sound familiar? Absolutely. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. They were trying to wrap their minds around this understanding. And Paul's like, it's a mystery to me because I'm still trying to understand Jesus's love for me. I'm still trying to understand Jesus's sacrifice and I can't help but submit to Jesus, to God. See what I'm saying here? I can't help but do it because I, I, I'm so appreciative of how he protects me and he leads me and he guides me and he, he's, he's the one that is gonna take care of me. I can't, it's such a mystery to this, the love that he has for me. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves his own self and must respect, right? Respect her husband. Two words, a lot has been written about love and respect. But I can tell you, honestly, guys, listen to me. Godly marriage is selfless. And when you see this understanding of love and respect, it's reciprocated always both ways. You're supposed to love and respect each other. Not just love for the ladies and respect for the men, but love and respect for each other. Otherwise, it's a vicious cycle. Okay? Dr. Emerson and Sarah Edritz, okay, these guys wrote Love and Respect. And a lot of you people may know of this. A lot of you guys may have heard of this. Good stuff here. Listen to this. Statistically speaking, out of 7,000 people that were asked this question, when you are in conflict, okay, newsflash, when you're married, you may have conflict. When you are in conflict with your spouse or significant other, do you feel unloved or disrespected? 83% of men said disrespected. 72% of women said unloved. What do women need, men? Wow, you're getting it. You're going to have a great marriage. Men, what do women need? All you need is love. Yes, Matt, you filled it in. My boy. Women, what do men need? R-E-S-P. 
Come on, somebody. It goes both ways. Ladies need respect. Ladies need love. Men need respect. Men need love. Otherwise, like the doctors here say, it becomes a crazy cycle. Because she's waiting for love. He's waiting for respect. And all of a sudden, they do all these stupid things. And no one ever gets love or respect. And it's a vicious cycle that goes round and round and round and round and round. Woo! Love and respect. Paul said it, research shows it, it's important. It's all about being selfless. Jesus was selfless the way he loved his church and how he died. I will go down swinging for my wife because I love her so much. And the cool thing is, she does the same for me. You'll see her next UFC fight ticket. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Last thing is this. I, I love talking about marriage because you know what? It sucked for me growing up. But it's becoming amazing now because I'm holding on to these things. And I'm pumped for you because it's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life, choosing to be with the most amazing person. Right? And if we need to talk beforehand, girls, I'll straighten them out for you. Okay? Big bro, got you. Okay? I'm telling you. The thing is this, though. We have to remember the most important thing is this, too. Marriage is about becoming one. Genesis 2, 24. That is why a man, listen to me on this, men. That is why a man leaves his father and mother. <laughs> this is fun. And is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. How do they become one? Listen to me on this. Man leaves his parents as a public act. He leaves his parents. Gentlemen, cut the cord. She is number one now. She's it. You fight for her. I know you love your mom and your dad, but you are to leave and cleave. Because when she knows how much you love her by the way you leave and cleave to her, you will get all kinds of love and respect back because you, man, you were a man and you said, I choose you even over mama's bosom, okay? Over mama's cooking, over mama's whatever. She's your girl now. It's important. This is like premarital counseling. This is fun. <clears throat> Number two, they are joined together and take responsibility for each other's welfare and make the choice to love their spouse above all others. Responsibility. We are responsible for one another and we show that by how we care for one another. And the last is this. The two become one flesh in the intimacy and union of sex that is reserved for marriage. This is why sex outside of marriage is not good because you are becoming in union with somebody that you shouldn't unless you're married to them. Are you ready to parent a child outside of marriage with them? Are you ready to come down with sexually transmitted disease? Outside? Not everybody, this, okay, but you know what I'm saying about this. This is why it is reserved for marriage because you can handle anything together because you are in covenant with one another. You are in relationship with one another and you will fight for one another. So whatever comes your way, you are not backing out or backing down because you love each other, right? Oh, uh, too real. It's okay. We'll keep rolling. We have to persevere in it. Our team's going to come up and lead us in one last song this morning. And um, holy shnikes. That was scary. I want us to conclude with, with this thought.
Anything that is valuable in life is always worth fighting for. Okay? Anything that is valuable in life is always worth fighting for. And your eventual marriage, your current marriage, all right, is worth fighting for because they're worth fighting for. But the problem is this, and it's been the problem since the very beginning. The enemy loves to just slither into situations and circumstances of life. And he likes to come in and he says, did God really say that this is supposed to be forever? Did God really say that this is a covenant? That this is a covenant, not just a contractual agreement? Now, there's reasons that people divorce, okay, that, that God says, you need to get out of this kind of thing, all right? All right? So just understand that. No judgment on that. But when it comes to a Christian marriage that you're fighting for, two people believe in the same thing, going in the same direction, it is worth fighting for, and you will have trials and temptation. You hear me? Consider it pure joy. Whenever you feel things coming up against you hardcore, those of you that are single and waiting to get married someday, when you feel temptation to do something stupid with somebody, right? I get it. You live in a world that tells you all the time, go get yours. Do what you want to do. This is your life. Live it to the fullest. That's not God's best plan for your life. God's best plan for you is to have someone that will help you. Sometimes I am so weak. I am just like broken. Here comes my helper, Kara. And she'd be like, you're being stupid. (laughs) Or it's okay, baby. It's all right. It's going to be fine. And then there's sometimes Kara's life is just obliterated by stuff. She's in the midst of a trial and tribulation. And then I'm able to be strong. And I go over to her and I'm like, it's okay, baby. We got this. We got this. We're going to make it. Because God made this thing, and he's going to sustain this thing. Listen to me. Marriage can be great. It can be amazing. But you have to be great and amazing on your own first to make it what it's supposed to be when you're with somebody. So this morning, I feel like God just wants to really heal a lot of wounds. A lot. I still live with pain. Right? But my pain has been turned to perseverance. To love my wife like Christ loves the church. To love my children, be willing to give everything to them, and being blatantly honest about all my flaws and my mistakes so that they don't have to feel the same pain that I felt. You with me? Marriage is amazing when it's with the right person. You can't help what you've seen, you can't help what you've learned but you can help what you know from here on out based upon scripture. So I want to challenge you. We all have seen good and bad with marriage. Allow God to redeem it all in this moment, to redeem everything. Don't be afraid of marriage just because of what you've seen. Don't say, I'm just going to be single for my whole life just because you lost hope. Know that God has someone. Unless you think you're supposed to be alone and give your life to God, that's fine. But what I'm saying is this. Still, we have a job to do as believers to show others what the church is supposed to look like, the relationship with God and his church, and marriage is the ultimate opportunity. 
Okay? So close your eyes with me this morning. And don't leave this moment unchanged. If there is pain, if there is struggle, if there is strife from your past with marriage, let God heal it. And this might be the first miracle that you needed from him to prove, okay, that he loves you. Let him take that from you this morning because nothing carries more weight than the hurt that people have inflicted upon us. And marriage, an institution that was designed by God for us to understand his love for him has been under attack since the beginning so that you would lose faith. But don't lose faith. God hasn't changed, but we can. We can. Okay? So close your eyes for just a second. And God, we just, we thank you so much that you showed us the example by doing something we would not do, given of our own children. And it still boggles my mind that this is the most important decision we'll ever make to understand that Jesus died for our, our separation, our sin from you. But God, we make the choice this morning first and foremost to give our lives to you. Even though we don't understand the beginning from the end, we have faith and we believe. Even when we don't know what's ahead or we can't see the future, we believe in you as the person, as the individual who will help us. And God, secondly, I, I ask this morning that you would heal the wounds God, some of us are just so angry. I get so angry sometimes, God. You know I do. I talk to you about it like, why? Why did dad do this? Or why did mom do that? Or why did this happen? Or why? And I don't know the answer, God. I just know that you have comforted me every time I needed you. And then you've enabled me to be the husband that you've called me to be. And the father as well. This is my story. So God, this morning I receive even more healing today as we as a body do. And I believe as we worship you this morning, as we stand, chains will fall off that once had us bound, and we will be even more free. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with me this morning, and let's sing together. If you need prayer, let us know.